You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Okay, I'm going to run straight into it because um, I know some people are like, okay, now the cuteness is done, why is the ugly guy preaching? Um, so I'll, I'll keep this brief. But I think we as a church, if we want to be an effective church, if we want to be effective people of faith, then we need to exist on the precipice. We need to exist on the unknown. We need to exist on the edge of something. And uh, we, if we want to be people of God, if we want to see the things of God take place, then the last place that we can be and the last feeling that we can be is comfortable. Um, so if you're here at church to hear a nice, feel-good message, you can leave now and I won't be offended. Um, but if we, faith is the catalyst of the Christian life. Faith is what makes the Christian life operate. It's what makes it work. But faith is an incredibly uncomfortable thing. And so I want to have a look at, at an Old Testament type of faith. And I want to ask us the question, is that where we're at? Is that where I'm at? Is that where you're at? Is that where we are at as a church? And, uh, and so I want to have a look at a passage of Scripture. And just to give you a bit of background, the children of Israel, uh, the Israeli nation, was uh, captive in Egypt. And so they had been slaves for hundreds of years. And so they were living in oppression, they were living in slavery, and God miraculously delivered them. If you've seen the Prince of Egypt, you know the drill, uh, all of the plagues, and, uh, and then God releases and, and God delivers the children of Israel. But where we pick up the story is after the great miracle of the children of Israel being delivered out of the land of Egypt, we find them in the desert. And when you're in the desert, you whinge. And... Uh, so we find them whinging in the desert, which if I'm, you know, we, we give the Israelite nation a bit of a hard time, but truth be told, if I was walking in a desert, I'd be whinging too. Um, so let's not judge too harshly. Um, but we pick up the story in Exodus 16, verses 1 to 3. And it said, And they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is beyond Elam and Sinai. On the fifteenth day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt, then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Then we sat by the pots of meat, and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger." And right then, Moses understood what it was like to go on a family holiday with kids in the back. The, the Israelites had become comfortable living in the land of Egypt. They'd become comfortable even though they were slaves. And I think if we're to be honest, sometimes we can get comfortable and accept things and embrace things that are not of God. They're probably not wise. They're probably not healthy. But because we're comfortable, we're willing to just accept them. And here's where we find the Israelite nation. They're like, we wish that we had it back then where we could have meat, even though they would whip us and beat us. We just want meat. We want to have bread. We want the benefits of comfort, regardless of what it costs us. The Israelites were willing to sacrifice a God opportunity to embrace comfort and complacency. 
I think sometimes we sell or even prescribe comfort to ourselves. Oh, you know, you definitely need six days of pure comfort. Um, take twice a day. Um, you know, and, and sometimes we can kind of ascribe that, well, surely God wants me to be comfortable, but I'm here to burst your bubble. God does not want you to be comfortable. The life of Christ is evidence that comfortable is not where God operates. Now, you can be a follower of Christ and be comfortable, but I don't think that you're going to be getting the full gamut of the existence if you're looking for comfort. You know, and so let's make sure that we can move out of comfort. And so that's what the Israelites had to do. They had to move out of comfort to experience their promised land. And so they had to move out of comfort to experience their Canaan. And I don't know where you are at the moment. You might be in a comfortable spot. God bless you. But (laughs) there's Canaan that's just around the corner. And you might think that you're comfortable. You might think that you've got it all down pat. But Canaan is 10 times better than what you're experiencing now. But in order to experience Canaan, you have to step out into uncomfortability. Uh, And so let's be real practical. What does this look like? What does stepping out and being uncomfortable look like? Well, it might be as simple as coming to church more. Could be uncomfortable. Um, Oh, well, I don't want to have to get ready. I don't want to have to put pants on. You know, whatever it is. Maybe God's calling you to take a step of faith and put some pants on and come to church. Um, Or maybe it's stepping out in generosity like Gabby shared before. Maybe God's calling you to a new level of generosity and it's uncomfortable. But your Canaan is on the other side of that uncomfortable notion. But don't tune out just yet because God isn't just going to leave you for uncomfortability's sake. There's always something there. I believe that it's biblical to live with margin. I believe that God calls us to live with margin, but I don't think that God calls us to live comfortable. And so let's get uncomfortable. Jesus took time away. He took time out, but he never came here to relax. He always came here to fulfill a purpose, to fulfill a role, and to fulfill for our salvation. I want to be constantly on the precipice. I'm preaching to me as much as I'm preaching to anybody. So please don't think that I'm not here completely uncomfortable because I'm probably a little bit too comfortable at the moment. So I'm a little bit scared. Uh, But I know that Canaan's around the corner. And uh, I want to be on the precipice of what God is calling us to be. I want to be on the precipice of what God has for my life. I want to be on the precipice of what God has for my family's life. And I want to be on the precipice of what God has for our church at Centro Church. And so even now I find myself drifting into comfort. So I think from a personal level, it's time for me to step out again. And maybe you're in the same boat. Maybe you've been doing the same thing for a while now and it's easy. Well, maybe it's time to take a step of faith because your Canaan might be calling and uncomfortability is what it takes to get there. Exodus 16, verse 11 to 15. It's further on down this passage of Scripture. It said, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I have heard the complaints of the children of Israel. Speak to them, saying, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So it was that quail came up at evening, 
and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. That's interesting. What is it? For they did not know what it was. Exodus 16 Verses 16 to 21, move further down. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, let no one leave it, any of it, until morning. Notwithstanding that, they did not heed Moses. Classic kids. But some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. So they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. And the house of Israel called its name manna. And it was like white coriander seed, and the taste of it was like wafers with honey. The children of Israel started at comfort. They had comfort in Egypt. And when they moved into the realm of the uncomfortable, God sustained them with manna until they reached the land of Canaan. Now, it's interesting that it tasted like honey because they said of Canaan, which was the promised land for the Israelites, that it was a land flowing with milk and honey. And so the sustenance that you receive during the uncomfortable season of your life is a foretaste of what God is leading you into. And so the Israelites, in moving from comfort to Canaan, were sustained with manna. And it was a foretaste of what they were going to experience in fullness in the promised land. Lord, we just thank you that you have called us to an exciting and incredible life. And Lord, I pray that we would not shy away from uncomfortable moments. I pray that we would not fear them, that we would not be afraid to to move into moments and places and, and spaces that are uncomfortable for us. I pray that you'd give us boldness and courage to occupy these in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when I was a kid, um, we would holiday at a place called Loader's Creek, which is uh, on the Broadwater around Southport. And uh, what would happen is we would leave home at some ungodly hour, like 7 a.m. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, we'd leave at 7 a.m. And it was the highlight of the trip because about halfway, we would stop at one of the service centers and we would all get flavored milks. And uh, I would get an oak strawberry 300 ml milk. And that would sustain me for the rest of the journey, and, uh, to, which was only about 20 minutes. And now that I'm a parent, I understand why. It's because that's probably at about 40 minutes, you've pretty much reached your limit of being able to communicate with your children. So what you do is you get food for them so that there's no more communication until you get there. But 40 minutes in, we get this flavoured milk, and that would be the highlight. And in the same way, the Israelites, they went from comfort. In the same way that I would leave my house, which was a place of comfort, it was a place that I know, I knew, it was a place that I was familiar with, 
And then in that, in that space of unknown, which was that drive, I would have that, that milk that would sustain me. And then once we reached the holiday destination, it was amazing. But I would never have reached the holiday destination unless I stepped out of my comfort, my comfort zone. Unless I stepped out of that place which was familiar, which was similar. It was, I, I, I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly how to do it. I knew exactly where it was. I had to step out of that to move into the promised land, in this case, the Lotus Creek Caravan Park. Um, but some people's promised lands are less fancy than others, let's be honest. But, and so the title of my message tonight is Tastes Like Manna, because a surefire way of if you're stepping out in faith is what is, when you step out in faith and you move into that uncomfortable season, what is sustaining you? Because manna looks like all kinds of different things. It doesn't necessarily look like food. It doesn't necessarily look like encouragement. But manna is essentially the sustenance of God in an unknown season. That's what manna is. And that is what's going to tide you over from when you move out of comfort into Canaan. It could be six months. It could be one month. It could be six years. It could be ten years. But in that space of uncomfortability, in that space of unknown... God brings sustenance. There's sustenance in a season of stepping out. There's sustenance in a season of stepping up. There's sustenance in a season of of, of moving up, of stepping up to the plate, of moving out of the realm that you know and into the realm that God has called you. So I I I said I won't hold you long, so I want to give you three attributes of manna, and then we're going to pray. The first one is that it is specific. The manner that you will receive from God will be specific to what you need. Don't look at somebody else's manner and say, well, I want what they've got. I, I, I want their manner. Their manner is chocolate. I want straw. I, I've, how come he gets chocolate manner? I, I've only got vanilla manner. But this is, it says this in verse 16, 21. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather according to each one's need. One omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. The manner that you get will be the manner that you need. God is not go- you're not going to step out into what God has called you to do, and God is not going to let you fall. He will provide you with sustenance. Now, it may not be the same sustenance that you're used to when you are comfortable, but it's going to be enough to sustain you, and it's going to be a foretaste of what you're going to be receiving when you walk into the purpose and the destiny that God has for you. For some people, it might be encouragement. They might, be, they, they might be in a, in a season of unknown. Maybe you've stepped out in faith. Maybe you've accepted Jesus Christ and said yes to Jesus for the first time. Maybe there's an unsurety there. Well, maybe God sends grace and he sends mercy and that sustains you. Or maybe you've taken a step uh, of, of faith in terms of finance and, and God is sustaining you like Gabby shared this, this evening. Or maybe it's a new ser- season of serving. And you're like, I don't know where this is going to happen, but God will sustain you. He will bring manna. It won't look like the person beside you, but he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you when you step out into his will. If you're not chewing on God's sustenance, this is, I guess, a challenge. Are you chewing on God's sustenance or are you living in comfortability? 
Are you in a place where you need God to pull through? Or are you in a place where you know the drill? You know exactly how it is. You know exactly how it's going to be. You can do it with your eyes closed. Let's move in to that space of unknown. Let's move in so that we have to rely on the sustenance of God. The second thing that manna does is it points to God. The children of Israel received manna and meat from God. It pointed to God. Some crazy things get attributed to faith out there. Sometimes it's not legitimate. Sometimes it is. But the way to test the legitimacy of what people are doing and going through is to ask this simple question. Does it point to God? Does it point to God? In the, book of, in the Gospel of John 17, it says this, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus understood that the manna that came from heaven was to bring people into relationship with God. It was to bring people into relationship with him. And I've had people ask, do you think that God wants me to have a beautiful house, a full life? And the answer is yes but it has to point to him. He doesn't want you to have a lavish lifestyle just for the sake of it. He wants you to have a lavish lifestyle that points to him, that glorifies him. He's not sending down sustenance so that we can live a life of comfort and complacency. He's sending down sustenance so that we can move into the purpose and the plan that he has for us. And the last thing about manna is that manna has a shelf life. In verse 17, it says, Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some, some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. And Moses said, Let no one leave any of it until morning. Notwithstanding, they did not heed Moses, but some of them left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry at them, so they gathered it every morning, and every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. You can't use yesterday's sustenance for tomorrow's step of faith. You can't walk the same journey that you did before if you want to see God do something new, if you want to see God do something fresh, if you want to see God do something real. Don't expect sustenance to come the same way because it did previously. Because God will give you new sustenance and a different sustenance. It may taste like manna. It may just be in a different form. You know, salvation is possibly the greatest form of uncomfortability that there is. Because to put your trust in Jesus Christ is to say that everything that I am, everything that I'm used to, everything that I am comfortable in, I'm moving out of that to put my trust in Jesus Christ. It's an uncomfortable moment, but it is the greatest form. It will take boldness. It will take courage. But there's a promised land on the other side. There's a Canaan on the other side. There's a land flowing with milk and honey on the other side. You know, I don't want to leave this 
place or this moment without giving you the opportunity to step out of what you're comfortable in and to take a step of faith, which Hebrews records is the substance of things not yet seen. It's the substance. It's the sustenance of things not yet seen. To take a step of faith is to say, I don't know how it's all going to work out, but I do know that I'm being drawn, I'm being pulled somewhere, I'm being moved towards something. And the sustenance of God will come and it will sustain you. Maybe you're here tonight and I'm just going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never taken that step. You've never moved out of comfort to acknowledge the person of Jesus Christ and what he did and that you would put your trust in him. You would put your trust in who he is and what he said. Maybe you're here tonight and you've never done that. I'll come to you in just a tick. Maybe you're here tonight and you're living in Egypt, metaphorically. You're living in the land of comfort. You've been there a long time. You know the drill. And maybe you've accepted some things that maybe you, should, you don't need to accept or probably not wise to accept because you just want to stay comfortable. Well, maybe tonight you're saying, hey, I think it's time for me to move out. I think it's time for me to move with the sustenance of God into that new place, into that new domain, into that new destiny. Well, if that's you tonight, I'd love to pray for you. I don't want to embarrass you. I'll pray for you where you are. If that's you, just stick up a hand and I'll include you in that prayer. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to pray that God would bring an opportunity across your path. And this week you'd have an opportunity to step out into that unknown. You'd have that opportunity to step out into that uncomfortability, that uncomfortable place where God is and where he draws you to, to take you to the fulfillment of your destiny. If that's you, I don't want to linger anymore, but if that's you, I'd love to pray for you. Any other hands? Yeah, you can put your hands down. And maybe, as I said before, maybe you've never taken that step of faith to step over and say, hey, I believe. I believe I want to align my life with the person of Jesus Christ. I want to follow him. I want to give you that opportunity. If you've never done that and you'd like to do that tonight, just with every head in it bowed and every eye closed just for privacy, just stick up your right hand and give me a wave. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to include you in that prayer because there's a promised land on the other side. Lord, I thank you that you, you promised that you wouldn't leave us high and dry. And as with the children of Israel, you give us that sustenance. And Lord, for those that are looking to step out into a new season, for those that are looking to move out into a new measure of you, a new measure of hope, I pray that there would come an opportunity this week to say yes to move into that position, to move into that place. Lord, I just ask that there would be a supernatural opportunity to step up. And Lord, I pray that we would see the favour of God at work. We would see the sustenance of God take place, take hold. And Lord, I just pray for people who are feel like they're in a, in a rut. They feel like they're doing the same thing over and over again. Lord, I pray that this would be the week 
that this would be the week that there would be a, uh, the shackles would fall off, that there would be a new direction that's defined by you, that's called by you. And Lord, I pray that we, we would see the, the sustenance of heaven fill, fulfill them, Lord, to take them into this new season. And I pray that, Lord, in six months' time, we'd see a whole bunch of new Canaans, a whole bunch of promised lands taking place in this house. That's what we'd see a whole bunch of favour taking place in this house. Lord, to, to, to then again get us up to move again into a place of where it's uncomfortable to move. And Lord, I just pray over everybody here over the, who's under the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray that, Lord, you would reveal yourself to them, that you would be real, that you would be there, you would be present in every conversation, in every thought, at our going to sleep and our waking up. Lord, you would be there. Lord, guiding and directing us, leading us into truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing. Thank you for listening to this podcast.